I'm Donna Peters, and this is season three of the award-winning Me Sweet podcast. The Me Suite is a community of career-driven, life-minded professionals sharing our stories, sharing what it means to lead our lives with purpose, planning, and power. What I call leading with a Me Suite mindset. Let's get in there. On this episode of the Me Suite, I wanted to be in real time. There are real conversations happening in the workplace today about 2021 being the year of resignations. COVID has proactively or reactively pushed us to think about what we want to be doing, where we maybe have discontent, and maybe even asking a question of, is it worth it? And I wanted to bring an expert into this discussion with me, and her name is Lauren Lemieux. She is a whole life coach, and I love how she focuses her practice on facilitating transitions one decision at a time. And she encourages her clients to trust your discontent. So I think we have an awful lot to learn, not just from the practice that Lauren has, but also from her own personal experience at what led her to trusting her own discontent. So this is going to go a lot of really interesting places, and I would love to welcome Lauren Lemieux to the B-Suite. Thank you so much, Donna. It's an honor to be here. So before we get into the meat of the discussion, you know, I always start with core values, and I know your core values have driven some very significant decisions that you have made. Let's start. What are your core values, Lauren? For me, it's really all about authenticity, integrity, and loyalty. Mm. And you know, to be quite honest, until I took this journey into coaching myself, I don't really think I ever thought about values as a driver for my life, mm. which led me to the place that I was and then that I left. So I, I love with values it's used so much in coaching to connect the, the clients with their decisions to understand that there's reasons why they're upset. It's usually mm-hmm. because their values are getting stepped on. And when I show up to my relationships, be it professional or personal, authenticity, integrity, and loyalty really rise to the top for me. Yeah. So I know that this was a very personal journey that you went on. Before we go into how you advise other people, could we talk just a moment about your journey? I understand you were in a career and you had a, a moment of revelation, probably getting more aligned to your core values that led you to make a very significant switch. Do you mind if we start there? Because I think the listeners will appreciate that you've been down this path. Right. And and I... and. I love how you teased it as a career because it was more than that because it was a family uh, business yeah. that I was in. And you know, I, I started working in the family business while I was in college. And when I graduated, they made me an offer, but I had no direction. It mm-hmm. wasn't something that I grew up wanting to do. And I started working there. And it was 18 years that I was there. Mm-hmm. All the while, this discontent was bubbling, knowing that I wasn't I was feeling I wasn't meant to be there, mm. but I had no direction. I had no coach. I had no leg to stand on about, well, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until 18 years in that my stepfather just made a decision about a direction he wanted to take the company and it didn't align 
with what I was wanting. And that was my aha moment that oh. week. I, I could leave if I wanted to leave. I don't have to be there. You yeah. know, the story of obligation that we tell ourselves that we have to do something, we have to stay. You know, a lot of people struggle with that in a profession mm. because they are loyal in their jobs. But when you elevate that to the family business, the story of obligation really can, can draw you in and keep you tied down. Yeah. And I imagine that was especially stressful for you if one of your core values is loyalty. And you grew up in a family business that that really yeah. was a, a major stress on steroids for you. I can only imagine. And I'm an only child working <gasps> with my mother. So yes, wow. the, the loyalty piece is, I think, what kept me there for so long. Yeah. And it wasn't until I truly went, I think the authenticity rose up a little bit and was uh-huh. like, you know, you're living this life that does not, it does not light you up. It does not fulfill you. You're not happy. So what the heck are you doing? Yeah. And it was just, it really was one of those epiphany moments. Like life is short. You know, I was turning 40 mm. and I like to say it wasn't a midlife crisis or it was midlife confidence. I got to a place in my life where I didn't settle. I didn't want to settle anymore. I wanted to live my life my way. Okay. We got to go back to that statement because that sounds <laughs> like, like a fabulous tattoo. Uh, it's not right? a midlife crisis. It's a midlife confidence. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be the title of your book? Oh, I love that idea. Never thought of it. Maybe so. Maybe so one day. I did write an article on it. But yeah, I I really think that resonates with so many people. People think it's a midlife crisis, but I think we get to an age where it's just like, you don't don't care what people think anymore. Yeah. And you really hone in on your happiness, your fulfillment, your health, and you just want to take care of yourself. Yeah. So I want to go back to this word that you used. Listeners may remember that I'm quite a wordy. I was an English major in college. I loved to play around with words. I placed fifth in the National Latin Convention in high school, which is a direct correlation to the social life that I did or did Mm -hmm. not have. (laughs) So when I heard you orienting some of your points of view and coaching around this heavy burden of the sense of obligation, I went back to the root of what is this word? And it comes from a Latin verb, obligari, obligari, depending on how you want to pronounce it. But that word means to bind, to tie. Like if you think of ligature, like like binding, tying, ligature, obligari, obligation, it's binding, it's tying, it's constricting. And that is the root of that word, which when applied here really takes on special meaning, I think when you mentally feel obligated to do something, you're you're bound to it, you're tied to it, you're constricted. Could Mm -hmm. we talk a little bit about obligation and how that shows up in the career professionals that you're coaching and how you work them through that sense of obligation? Sure. You know, it's, it's something as simple as when we talk about having things on our schedule to do, Mm. the have to's, right? If you really get down to the nitty gritty, There is nothing that we have to do, Mm. right? Everything we do is a choice, right? You don't have to get up in the morning and go to the job, but most people choose to do it because it's their livelihood, Mm. right? You Mm -hmm. don't have to, you get to, you choose to. It's just about language and perspective. Mm. And when we get tied up, speaking of, you know, obligation and binding, when we get tied up in that story that we have to do things, whether it's in a professional setting or a personal setting in relationships, you know, that 
is where the freedom lies, is understanding like you are not obligated to do anything. Everything you do is a choice. Mm. So when people approach you, do you typically find that they come to you because they have an idea that they want to make a change and they're seeking the confidence to do it? Is that usually where you come in or do they enter in another place where they don't even have that clarity yet? You know, I, it's, it's actually a mix of both. Yeah. I, I, I actually got a call just this morning from a woman who said, I just want to recalibrate. Like mm. she just feels off. Like mm. something isn't clicking. Something isn't right. But from the, the bigger picture of they know that a change is imminent because they can feel it. Yeah. Right? They feel that discontent. Something isn't clicking. They, they're just not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not about leaving a job. Sometimes it's making a shift in your own personal you know, approach or how you're viewing things. You know, How you're showing up in relationships is just as important as what's going on around you. Uh, yeah. Have you seen this in a different way because of COVID? Things have been more accelerated or it's been the catalyst for a lot of people? I think what COVID provided was everyone to slow down Mm. and really, as you said, reflect on how they were living their lives versus how they want to live their lives. Yeah. Right. You know, I, the, the, the people running around and so busy all the time and all these obligations that they have, Uh you know, they're realizing I I don't want to go back. And it's like, well, you don't have to go back. Yeah. Like, what do you want to choose? What do you want to create for yourself? Yeah. You know, it might not be popular. People might get upset, but you're not, your job isn't to make other people happy. Your job is to make you happy. I love the way you said what you can create for yourself. There's a mantra that I have in the me suite, building a me suite mindset, which is options are power. And by thinking about the options that are available to you, it just gives you the right, but not the obligation to make a change. Mm-hmm. And you were just giving examples of people during COVID rethinking, well, I don't have to do this. What else is available to me? That doesn't mean you have to make the change. Mm-hmm. But just the exercise of doing the exploration of the options can be very empowering. Right. And that's where curiosity comes in, to get curious ah. about it all without judgment, without judging anything. Like you're not judging a decision as good or bad or uh-huh. right or wrong. You're just curious about it. Like what's bringing up these feelings? What is it? And when you really look into that, you mm-hmm. know, I, I went 18 years thinking I didn't have options. Yeah. Right. I worked in a family business with my mother mm-hmm. and I told myself I could not leave because I didn't want to leave her alone. Wow. Did the option ever cross my mind that we could hire someone to come in and take my place? <laughs> Absolutely not. Wow. Like that was not even on my radar. Wow. And once the change happened that my stepfather made, he actually brought someone in without us knowing. Like he hired someone to come in thinking my mother was going to semi-retire and that was never on her radar. Mm-hmm. But what that did is all of a sudden there was someone there and I wasn't leaving my mother alone because yeah. there was someone else there. And that was part of the aha. You know, again, I could have had that thought years ago, but it yeah. just because of the obligation of it, it was my job to be there to work with my mother, wow. you know, to take care of her, to take care of the situation. You know, I, I never let myself see it. Yeah. 
I read a stat just this morning before you and I started recording that there's a projection that 30 to 40 percent of Americans are going to leave their jobs in 2021 because of this self-reflection, because of this curiosity, uh, because of the catalyst of different ways COVID has made us think. Uh, Certainly Mm -hmm. the healthcare industry and the technology industry seem to be hit more than some others, but that's a really high number. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine if you're in a room of 10 people, three of them on average right now are projected to be leaving their current jobs. And I hope that they're embracing some of what you're saying of of do it with this curiosity mindset that you're running to something, not from something. Right. It's opportunity. And I love the word embrace. I love that word. Okay. Because people, I think when they're in that position of thinking about leaving a job, Mm -hmm. if they share some of the values of loyalty, they could get themselves in that mud of thinking, well, my boss was good to me. Mm. Well, I've had a, you know, I've had a long, I have a lot of relationships there. I've been successful there. They start telling themselves these stories where if the bottom line is you're wanting a change, that you're done, that you're burnt out, then let's understand that and get curious about it. Because once you trust that that emotion is there for a reason, it's going to then, you know, the the revelation is going to be the direction in which you're truly wanting to go. Yeah. Well, Lauren Lemieux, you are a national treasure. Uh, I just, <laughs> this is such a timely conversation that I think is going to help a lot of people. I'm going to have uh, links to you in the show notes for coachingtofulfilldreams.com so listeners can find you out there if they're interested. And I, I want them to remember a couple of themes that I'm personally taking away, which is trust your discontent. And I am aware of some of the demographics of my listener base. And so I think this mindset of midlife confidence is going to be relevant to an awful lot of people. So before we close, I want to ask our last question always, what advice do you have for listeners of things that we can start doing differently on Monday to lead with a me sweet mindset? Remove the power draining words and phrases. Ah. Phrases like I can't. Okay. Like I need to, I have to Okay. remove them, right? It's not that you can't do things. You might be unable to do something because of a schedule conflict, but you are always at choice about what you're doing, Mm. right? Stephen Covey says, make sure that you schedule your priorities versus prioritizing your schedule. Mm. Make sure the things you are choosing to do are what you want to do, not things that are you're allowing on your schedule that don't bring you joy. Yeah. You know, the idea of need to replace it with I want to. Mm. Right. You don't mm-hmm. need to. It's a want. Make it a want. Own it as a want. You don't have to do anything. You get to do it. Yeah. Right. I love that mindset shift that, you know, you don't have to go to work. You get to go to work because yeah. you have a job that you enjoy. Yeah. You know, those little things are so important. Stop saying that you're trying to do something because if you're trying by definition, that means you're actively doing something. Mm. It might not be going all the way, but you are doing it. Yeah. So give yourself the credit that you're doing it. Stop saying you're just trying. Right. You're doing. Right. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would want to hit on based on what you're seeing at this time? The only thing that, the only other thing is about having grace for mm. yourself. Okay. Right. Showing yourself grace and patience and acceptance mm-hmm. that it's, it's okay to rethink a situation. It's okay to change your mind. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have all types of emotions. 
So if we can just feel the emotions and recognize them as messages that are coming to us, we're feeling it for a reason. Instead of squashing it or ignoring it, pushing it down, yeah. get curious about it and be gentle with yourself and just know like they're coming up for a reason. Yeah. So you are a message today, Lauren, for a lot of people who probably needed to hear it. So a real large thanks to Lauren Lemieux for joining us in the Me Suite today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. For executive and career coaching services, contact me, Donna Peters, at themesuite.com, LinkedIn, and Twitter. The website is the me suite.com. Suite is spelled like executive suite. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a five star rating and a review. It helps us continue to shine a mic on more amazing people.